Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 27. Just a reminder, you can find my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or at podnuts.com slash ctg. This is a show about Microsoft Outlook and Office 365 and Microsoft Exchange Migrations and other technically entertaining stories I can share from my past week or so of work. Please remember, if you're learning Office 365, I'm available for hire by hour or by project. As well, I give tech discounts for help. You can email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz. Okay, I think it's been a couple weeks since my last show. And I got just some recapping to do and a few stories from the last couple of weeks and some updates from the last stories too. I know that some of them were still in progress and I didn't really have a final answer of what was going on, but I do now. And before I get going though, I just wanted to make sure that everybody's clear about a few things about Office 365 and the work I do. Um, a lot of technicians are MSP, managed service providers. And they do Office 365 a little bit different than a break-fix company like myself. I consider myself a solo independent technician. Um, a lot of MSP folks actually do the reselling of Office 365, and then they support it, and they do everything in-house. And they also have all their clients on consistent software, so they kind of know everything. And they use deployment tactics, and you know it's just a little bit different than people like me. Um, I have had to do some comparables before because just I'm like reading on technical how some of the other guys do it. And I'm like, I just don't do it that way. I'm working with micro businesses and in a micro business environment, not all the Office 365 products are able to be used just because of technical challenges. Um, I talked about this on a show in the past. One of the products is SharePoint OneDrive. Now, Apparently, here in a month or so, Microsoft is going to be fixing some of those snags that one point, or excuse me, SharePoint OneDrive have with syncing with the desktop. So hopefully, people like myself can get back in the game. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if there's other people that have gotten out, but it's just so challenging to help clients that were having technical issues that I just gave up and started using Dropbox. And my clients were all for it because they wanted to use something that worked. Well, unfortunately, you know, SharePoint OneDrive, I couldn't get it to sync and there were so many problems. But anyway, moving on, I hope they fix it. I will start testing it this fall and I'll see if I can get back into it and start offering more on the consulting side and be able to configure it, train people and have it just work. That's my goal. Then I can actually think about selling all the products. But, you know, a lot of times on my shows, I only talk about Microsoft um, Outlook and the migration work I do. And, you know, two years ago, I started doing the remote support show. And as life changed, my business changed. And I know I've lost a few viewers because I'm not just talking about tech work anymore. But, you know, I think moving ahead, a lot of people need to know this information. So I'm hoping, you know, in the next year or two, as, you know, people start you know, seeing the need to have to learn this stuff and then listen to my shows, they keep learning. So I hope I can add those on here soon. But for now, we're still going to talk about what I usually do, <laughs> my day-to-day stuff. 
And let's see what else did I have in my notes here. Um, well, that might be it. So before we get going, I'd like to take a moment to thank our show sponsor, AppRiver, web and email security specialist. AppRiver offers phenomenal Office 365 sales and support. They have been my preferred vendor for all my clients for two years now, and I'm thrilled to have them as a sponsor. If you have listened to my past shows and you've probably heard me speak about AppRiver often, please set up a time to talk to my personal sales rep, Steve Harris. You can email him at sharris at appriver.com. Okay, now I have to dig into the old stories from the last two weeks and update you guys and tell you a few of the new juicy stuff. Um, the one client I worked with last show that had the 1,300 folders, he ended up calling me back not once but twice, and this was the client that I, I think I vowed I will never do a migration on my own computer again because this is the one that burned me a little just with time. I ended up having to leave my Outlook open two more times because if it doesn't do a full sync with the server, so I'll just remind you, if you're doing a migration or when you do a migration, that all the folders have to synchronize up to the server and then down. So he's on his computer and all the folders came down, but the emails didn't come down. And that's kind of part of the problem is that they weren't matching. So I had to leave my computer on two more times, I think, and finally all the emails and this kind of sad thing is some of those 1300 folders only had one email in it so I said to the client I can't go through all 1300 because I've had to actually click those 1300 twice and that took me about an hour each time <laughs> it was really a lot of work so uh, I don't think I'm gonna add that to the pre-migration spot check how many folders because it's so rare <laughs> that I run into that but you know, that's the update there. I had to continue that. And then the um, other client who had the Thunderbird on the Mac, the client actually knew a trick to get the emails from the Thunderbird to the Mac by saving, you know, exporting the folder as an ELM. So in Thunderbird, you right-click, save it as ELM, save it in like a desktop folder, and then you can uh, cut and paste it into Exchange in Outlook 2011, which I thought was a pretty cool little trick. But the trick was you have to do it manually. And that, um, luckily, my tech did, so I didn't have to do it. And it was done in about two hours. So, and, you know, my migration checklist next time will know that. And that won't be happening again. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, let's see. So those, this, that migration got finished up. I had a client that emailed me on a weekend. He was having a crisis, which as of two weekends ago, I was working on weekends. Now I'm not anymore. Decided to stop with that. But what happened was he had, uh, must have had a password problem. So he had his hosting at one company, his DNS registered with another company, and he went into his DNS registry or registration and set everything to default which, by the way, this took me a couple hours to figure out because he first had me remote into his computer. I noticed he had exchange. He could not get to the password. We went to the DNS website, you know, the company that's hosting his DNS. We couldn't figure out anything. I mean, I, I hate to say, but it was kind of like a mystery. Um, so finally, after, and none of the passwords were working for anything for us to log into, Finally, after 
a couple hours, he told me, I know what happened. And his, um, his, uh, his exchange company, he remembered it. So eventually we got in, updated all the MX records, and everything worked again. But see, that's why a lot of companies don't let, a lot of web administrators that run the DNS for their clients don't give them that access because this client actually did hit the default button. And with that, it, everything went to default. Even I mean, everything. So everything was broken. And um, it was kind of weird because, like I said, I had to try to figure it all out and it was a game. But it turns out that this client didn't have any IT support. So I was now his IT person. Sold him a prepaid ticket, and I pretty much said to him, now don't do anything like this again. The next time you have a problem, you call me and I take care of it. And so that is a good thing for him. But again, <laughs> I thought that was just kind of funny. I've never even heard of anybody doing that before. And um, his old email actually, his uh, old exchange actually caught up and started working like right away. And so I have to apologize, folks. Sorry if I sound a little cloggy. I'm sick, I believe. So... It's the start of the, oh, I think I'm getting sick, and I could feel it, and I sound like it, I bet. Okay, another client um, called in, and this time I'm learning that when people call in and say, well, my iCloud is broken, and it's not working, based upon the, the last show I did, um, I've been telling clients, look, for me to fix this, I'm going to quote you one to four hours, and I'm just going to be honest, because... I mean, the, the last job I did had, I think the last iCloud was two and a half hours, and I know that the one before that was like almost three. So I told the client, well, look, so you are using iCloud. You have a, you have a corporate job, but he really wanted it for personal. But he actually had two companies he worked for. And I said, why don't you just move to exchange? So I sold a regular person for no work reason an exchange mailbox, and here's why. He sounded like a, a corporate guy, you know, he already had um, two, his two business accounts didn't have exchange. So we can't make his, where he works, move to exchange their large companies, which I don't know why they weren't anyway on some kind of exchange, but they weren't. So then I said to him, well, you personally, you know, should buy yourself an exchange mailbox because you've got three devices. And I could just tell he was the kind of client that just was sick of dealing with iCloud, which to me is just, I mean, it breaks all the time, and his was broke. So on Thursday, we bought him um, a domain, which was actually his company. <laughs> this is kind of funny. We bought him, um, well, the first time I tried setting up with that river, his company, it was actually a cable company account, which I was not aware of was a cable company and you can't really <laughs> move a cable company over to exchange right so i caught that then we went and bought him his own domain which he was already using kind of as a company name anyway and we had the migration done in just a couple three hours so it was really nice and then we set up all his devices and his phone and his surface and everything else and then um um and then to me you know for him to invest the 12 dollars in the d sorry into the website or not the website, into his um, dot .com, you know, it was, was better for him moving forward. So then um, we got almost everything synced on Friday night before the weekend here. It's Labor Day weekend right now, actually. So so that was a good solution for him, and it was a one-time fix. I probably won't even have to work with the guy again, but you know what? It's To me, it's better to do that than a two or three hours of reworking iCloud, which would have been just as expensive. 
And interestingly, last week, I took almost, I think I almost took about two average uh, exchange calls a day. So I got to just, you know, remind everybody out there that's listening to the show is that you need to take your inbound sales, if you can, and start flipping them to this type of environment, the exchange environment, because, you know, people are listening. They want to know about it. I had one client that I gave him the two to four hour quote on iCloud and fortunately for him, it only took me 30 minutes to fix. But I did say, look, you've got seven people at your company and you better start thinking about the future because right now you're sitting on seven people. A migration will be, you know, what, 1800 bucks. But in a few years, if you have double the employees, you're going to have double the migration cost. He was like, you're right. So I said, so it's a good time to invest in that now before you start to grow. And that's not the first client I told that to. The other client actually brought it up to me first. She said, we have 15 people now, and I wanted us to be on exchange two years ago when we only had three employees. And I said, there you go. She goes, and we plan on adding another 15. I said, there you go. So invest in it now so your next fixed 15 people don't cost you so much money. So to me, I've learned a little little pitch there that might help win it. But last week I had a lot of little proposals and emails go out, but it's holiday and people just don't seem to move on holiday week. So I'm all right with that. And then I had a client who um, is using this tool called G sync it. Uh, I helped him set it up last year and he was like, Hey, wouldn't that be awesome if you could just, you know, set it up real quick, probably. And I could think I was thinking he was thinking it'd be cheap, you know, I remember what I charged him last year. And I said, well, how about if I just make you a video? Because I've been wanting to make more videos anyway. He goes, okay, cool. I'll take the video. So I had no clients at that time. I whipped out this quick little seven-minute video on how to install this, configure it. Should be easy, right? I sent it to him. and He must be back. I already got lost on the first step. So if that is a sign that my video might bring in clients, I hope so. So I ended up helping him, and what was what the one thing he had a problem with? It wasn't the wrong version. I, th- I think he did install the wrong version, so we had to uninstall it, reinstall it, and then we had some problems with his windows, actually. He had, um, gosh, what did he have problems with? Something with his Outlook. Oh, I know what happened. He had a virus on his computer, so his computer got reloaded, and he got, I think it was, I want to say Windows 10? No, I think he got Windows 8, but I knew he didn't have Windows 8 last year, so his tech put on Windows 8, and his mail control panel icon would not let me, um, would not let me, would not open, sorry, and I noticed his Outlook was giving me a lot of other problems once I got the, the software set up, so I spent the 30 minutes configuring the software, I was like, oh, it's all good, spent 15 minutes testing it, all done. But then Outlook was giving me problems, and his email would not stop synchronizing, and he only had, like, not even a half a gig of email. And I started digging in, and I'm like, oh, there's too many other problems here, and I spent about another half hour messing with just basic stuff, and then the the control panel icon would not launch. So I said, well, that's a sign that the whole office is broken somehow. If something doesn't work like that, it needs to be reinstalled. And I don't reinstall very much, you know, not very often. So... I told the client, okay, uninstall your new office. The computer's only two days old. Then reboot, then 
reinstall it again and your mail profile should still be there for outlook so just launch it up and and we'll see if things are fixed and i felt bad for the guy because he's like oh i hope this wasn't going to be expensive and i'm like i know but sometimes you know we've all been there um you install an operating system and it's not good and i said well if this doesn't work you need to talk to your guy that set it up because if you have this problem who knows, maybe it needs just a fresh wipe before you invest too much time into it. You know, I mean, it's better to know now than in a month, right? And uh, I didn't want to get too into the job and I already build them for an hour. And I said, well, try that and we'll get together after Labor Day. So I'll have an update on that, hopefully next year. Now, I, um, let's see. Hmm. I wasn't sure if I talked to you guys last show about this client... I'll probably just tell the story over, but I don't remember. I have it in my notes here, so I don't think I did. Uh, I have a, I had a client in California who um, needed, she had Office 2007. She had seven gigs on an exchange server. It was very old and tired, you could tell. I mean, it's rare that I look at Outlook and it looks tired. It did. It looked like a beaten down, just the poor thing just looked sad. It was barely moving. It wouldn't search. It was slow. Her computer, I think, was slow too. But overall, I had to tell her within like 20 minutes. I said, this isn't going to be very good to tell you this, but you're going to need, she had Windows 7 Pro. But I said, your Outlook just needs to be updated. And then she said, well, I have third parties applications that go with this. And I said, that's fine but you're going to need to upgrade because you have too much weight going on with that old version of Outlook and you just need to upgrade. So I said to her, for now, I can move about half of your mail out of the exchange server, which is, I mean, I just take away all the past years of sent items and past um, deleteds and, you know, old inbox, move them off and put them onto a local PST file. So overall, in that job, I consulted with her for 20 minutes. We talked about her upgrade. I did some work. And then there was 45 minutes into the job. And I said, so tomorrow we're going to schedule time. And it should take me about 15 actual minutes, which I hate when I say this because I always get screwed in the end. I said, um, all right, it should take me about 15 actual minutes to move about half your mail out which I hopefully grab in chunks and just get out of there, right? So the next day, I was in her computer for an hour and 10 minutes, which was all, by the way, real work. Her outlook kept crashing on me so bad that I couldn't even move any mail out. But finally, after an hour and 10 minutes, I got some of it done. So my expectation that I was not managing was that I offered 15 minutes to do that. Excuse me, and it was actually an hour and 10 so I'm already negative 45 minutes into this job. We're just going to start the clock there because this job continues on. Okay. Then after I did that, I think I took three more phone calls from her that were about 10 minutes each talking about the office product for her to buy. She turned out to be a little kind of little nervous Nancy. She'd call and say, I just want to talk to you about this. And, and I was like, okay. Then we had an appointment scheduled, but in between the day I moved all the mail, like I said, I took three phone calls from her. Now let's just say eight to 10 minutes. Then a few emails 
two. Then I had to email her the version. So negative 45 minutes. Let's add on another half hour for the 10 minute quick chats. Plus, let's say 15. I'll just do 10 minutes on the emails, right? So we're at negative 45, negative 30. That's an hour and 15 minutes. And so this is saying hour, hour and a half negative now into this that I did not know about in the beginning that I'm already lost. Okay. <laughs> it gets better. So then we had an appointment set for Wednesday. I believe it was a Wednesday. This was a few weeks ago. And an hour before the appointment, she said she had not got her act installed. So she had to reschedule. And I was like, that's fine because this upgrade required act to be done first. So I'm already down an hour and a half plus she rescheduled, which when I re have a reschedule request, the problem with that is that I can't bill anybody. Okay. There's no room for me to go, Oh, Hey, now I have an opening, you know, then we had it scheduled for Friday. So on Friday afternoon, I got the panic email. I'm not ready to do this. I'm scared. Let's just do it Monday afternoon. And I was like, whatever. And at that point, okay, fine. I'd already consulted with her. I'd already made her comfortable. I'd already done all this stuff. Okay. Right. No. So Monday afternoon comes, she's in California. I'm in central time. And so we get to the appointment. Let's see. Sorry. We had the, the appointment. I called her and I said, now just to let you know, I'm starting a new hourly bill. <laughs> and I maybe even told her before, but the problem is, is that, so remember I'm at a negative hour and a half and she goes, what do you mean? This is a new bill. And I said, well, I've already billed you for an hour. And I explained, and I said, so at this point, I'm going to charge you for another hour of time. And she was like, yeah, but you didn't fix it in that first hour. I said, I know, but that's, you know, I didn't guarantee the job would be done in an hour. You know, I don't know why these people think that things can be done in an hour. Cause I think I use the word hourly rate anyway. So we started the clock again, and even though I'm at the negative hour and a half and the install, which was really strange. She was like, I'm with my assistant and we just logged in and we just bought it and we're starting to install it. And she didn't remote me in. And I'm like, she nervous? Like, why didn't she have me remote in? Instead, she just talked the whole time through it. Like just really strangely. And it was about 20 minutes. She got it installed. And then she tells me, oh, and by the way, I'm using Outlook in Windows Parallel on Apple. And I'm like, oh, see, a lot of times I just remote into computers and I don't even know what I'm remoting into. Not that this made a difference, but here's where it makes a difference. Okay. So after 20 some minutes, I was like, okay, good. It's installed. And here's the worst part is right before I even called her for the appointment, there was something in my gut that said, don't take this appointment. Have you ever felt that before? You just knew shit was going to go down. You just knew something was going to go horribly wrong. You just knew it and you could feel it. And I had that feeling. And I'm also glad I didn't remote into her computer. <laughs> I just talked her through it. And I am wondering why I didn't remote in. And, I'm, and so anyway, she's like, okay, everything's working. And I said, good. And, and then she goes, well, if there's anything else wrong, I'm going to call you back. And I said, well, not after six o'clock because I'm not working. And she goes, what do you mean you're not working after six? I'm like, well, that's eight o'clock my time. And I'm done working for the night. And she was like, well, I hope you can help me if I have problems. And I'm like, oh my gosh. All right, whatever. Two hours later, I get the panic call. Lisa, 
my Excel is grayed out and I need this to work and I'm so disappointed and blah, 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 blah. And she pretty much was like bitching me out. I didn't do anything. <laughs> okay. So I call her back and again, normally I remote in and fix stuff, but strangely I didn't remote in and strangely she didn't ask me to remote in, which she already knew I was remoting twice before the week before. Right. So, <laughs> so anyway, the 45 minute mark, she was freaking out. You know, it was 6.45 her time, 8.45 my time. And I was like, look, I don't have no idea why it's gray. I just walked through about 20 different things in Excel and Outlook and all the little things that you know how to fix like we do. You know, the graphics accelerator and add-ins and nothing. It was still gray. Finally, she started freaking out on me so bad that I actually could feel my stomach start to, like, have physical pain. Like, you know, like, oh, this just has to end. And she got so upset with me. And then at the end, she was like, I can't believe you didn't remote in. And I'm thinking, I'm glad I didn't remote at this point because I didn't actually do anything. And, you know, no matter what, the client blames you. Even if you technically didn't even do anything, it still would have been my fault. And I said to her, okay, client, so here's the deal. It's 845 my time. I need to be done for, with work for the night. So everything works except your Excel is gray. Let's schedule an appointment for tomorrow afternoon. She was like, no, I need you to fix this and I need to fix by the morning and blah, 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 blah. And I mean, it really was a lot worse than what I'm saying it right now. And I said, I can't help you. And in fact, you know what? I'm going to give you your money back for this job and you can hire a local technician to come in and do the, to finish this up. Now, I don't know what I was thinking. I've already spent the full hour at Builder plus an hour and a half. So we're at the negative hour and a half plus the, 25 minutes in the beginning of that appointment in the afternoon. So I'm at two hours plus 45 minutes. So I'm at almost three hours negative and I offered to give her all her money back. And I think the reason why I said that is because, <clears throat> excuse me, if I offer the whole money back, I'm done with that job. Like, you know, she got everything she needed, but that was grayed out. She was freaking, I couldn't make her happy. Well, I didn't hear back from her. But I never gave her money back either. I don't know why I just spaced it off. And then I remember going, well, you know what? I'm just going to keep it and see if she emails, you know. I should have just emailed. I should have just given it back to her, but whatever. She emailed me, I think, a week later saying, by the way, I wanted to let you know that I had a technician come in and fix that issue. It was $54.50. And... Um, I noticed you didn't refund me the money, so if you don't mind taking that $54 off there and you can keep the rest. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I don't think, I mean, yes, I should have just given her money back, all of it, like I said. But there was parts of me that was like, look, you earned it, and only give it back if she asked, which was a dumb thing for me to do. But anyway, I just can't believe she emailed and asked for the $54 back. I mean, I spent almost three hours with her unbillable and I don't think people, even though I said we're starting another hour of time, I really should have in the beginning said not the 15 minutes. I, I think that's the whole failure of this whole job is that my expectations for her and how much the bill was, it would have been a four-hour job. And I ended up billing an hour, and then in the end, I actually only got 80 bucks out of it. So, so I don't know. I, and. It's not that I can learn from any of this, seems like, because I, every show I keep saying, why can't I learn? But, it, you know, at the, the first hour I helped her, I should be like, okay, now, this might take 15 minutes, but it might take two hours. But either way, I'm billing you for all of it. And I'm going to 
ability for these calls and my ability for the emails. And it gets really, really tough when I remember I was telling you guys last week about the job, the client who just real quick, can you help me? And real quick turn into, you know, two and a half hours of not billable and her deciding to go on her own. So anyway, I just keep trying to learn, but that was that interesting story. And I really wish I knew how that guy fixed that gray Excel because I did not ever figure that out. That's a mystery that will not be solved here today. I'll call that girl's office 365 show. Okay. Um, let's see. I did do an exchange last week for the clients who were doing email the most backwards way I've ever seen. And what happened was they called in, they had a Gmail problem. Uh, turns out that their actual, I got, I did a fresh download of Gmail. It was 65 gigs. All was corrupted, of course, because there's just no way. I think they actually had a hundred gig limit, but it didn't match the real mailbox. So I told the clients, let's just hide your all mail and the important for now. And let's do um, a Microsoft exchange migration. They agreed because they just wanted to, to have email normal. What they were doing was they, because of size restrictions of their attachments, they actually forwarded their real business email to a Gmail account. And for years, they've been emailing through these Gmail accounts that don't have any branding at all for their business. And I said, well, wouldn't it be nice if it was the other way around? And the client was like, yeah. I said, well, that's why you do exchange. You can send large attachments. You get to use your company email. And I just find it really funny how people kind of make their own little twists in life happen to get work done. I was really, really happy that this client um, was so jumping on the bandwagon for the exchange. But I told them, look, you're going to keep having more problems if you don't because... I mean, her profile was 65 gigs. Oh, my God. But um, during the migration, just before he gave me his credit card, <laughs> he had to make a little joke. Well, by the way, GoDaddy said that this could be free if we went through them. And I said, yeah, but GoDaddy's not going to offer you the pre-migration checklist and do a migration on a Friday night and ensure it's done by when you're ready and they won't be there to answer the quick calls and do aftercare and do the other things. It turns out that my tech and I spent eight hours on that migration. So it was very fair billing because if you took eight times 140, which is my rate, you know, I actually gave the guy a good deal. I think I should have charged him more. <laughs> actually, no, but you know, that's why when people say, well, so-and-so will do it for free. Well, free gets you free. Free gets you crappy support and things you know, that I really don't do in my business. And speaking of GoDaddy, um, my final story here, I had another client that actually did go through a GoDaddy migration and she called me because she said it just didn't feel right to her. Nothing was matching. None of her devices synced and they did their typical, I think they used some kind of migration whiz and she said they did all that, but nothing matched. So I was with her for two hours to do the migration, uh, finish up, which basically her calendars were all messed up. Her contacts were definitely messed up and I had to get all the devices in sync and she had an iPad and iPhone and another computer. So it was kind of like GoDaddy did the easy stuff for free. And then they didn't do the hard part, which was the aftercare. And that to me, people is what people want done. They just want everything to work. And, and if, you know, if you don't know how to do all that aftercare stuff, let me know because uh, we've got some training stuff coming up 
that I'll be covering. But it's just super important that people are happy at the end of a job, you know. They just, they just don't know the technology like we do, and they just want things to work. Okay, I'm going to move on to, let's see. Hmm. Well, let's see here. Yeah, that was my last story. I'm done with the stories. I think I'm going to be done here soon. I'm not feeling good, if you can tell. my Just uh, not feeling good this weekend. But I have to talk about memory lane stuff. Last year, if you remember, uh, last year on this date, today is September 6th, I was just landing in Florida. I just rented my little cute little rental down there. And in the past year, I was just looking back today going, dang, how fast did this year go? I know as you get older, time flies really fast. But I just, uh, last year at this time, I was in Florida, and now I'm in Tulsa. And in two weeks from now, my friend is going to fly in, and we're going to take the Route 66 tour down from Tulsa to Vegas and try to stop and see a bunch of stuff and have fun and then go through the Hoover Dam and maybe the Grand Canyon and then go up to Highway 15 up to St. George and go through the, the beautiful, beautiful scenic drive up there. God, that's just an awesome drive. Um, I've done that once, actually twice, but once in the dark to the cop. And um, also two years ago was about the time that I started the show here on the Poddots Network. And I think I've done 27 shows. Not bad, about one month. A little bit more. <laughs> and also five years ago in September was when I published my first ebook. And just this last week, uh, as a very side side project, I finished my sixth ebook, which is just a little simple 50 pager, um, about how to start a computer repair business. I took it off a set of blogs I did last uh, Christmas when I was in Florida and wasn't home with, to be with my family. I published up 16 blogs on how to start a computer repair business, and each blog was a chapter. So my assistant uh, that works with me on projects here and there, her and I put together this little ebook based off those, took down the um, blogs, and I'm actually selling it for $10, which I think is very fair. And it's more like downloadable now so people can have it but i'm very proud i've got six ebooks out and upcoming is the outlook training videos and those are almost ready um and i've done almost 60 podcasts and over at technical i've got over 4,000 posts so i'm like wow i have done just a lot of stuff in five years and i look back and sometimes i feel like i haven't done anything and i'm like I'm a pretty busy girl <laughs> So, anyway, I hope not to have so much free time here soon when I move, but... All right, now, before we close this show, I just want to remind you, uh, if you are looking to resell or partner with uh, Microsoft Exchange Office 365, you can talk to my rep, Steve Harris, sharris at appriver.com. They'll set you up with an account. Remember, I was talking earlier that there's two ways to uh, sell Office 365 in their product line. One is you can resell it where you price it yourself and, you know, add it into your managed services or to your monthly invoices for your clients. Or you can do what I do, which is I have the clients pay the bills. I charge them for my migrations and they go on their way. Um, one thing I always talk about is I appreciate about AppRiver is that they have a sales team and they have their tech team. And their tech team has first level techs. They're open 24 hours a day. It really takes the heat off me to have to always be available to help my clients. So if you're in that position with your company and you're like, you know, look, 
people call me on a Saturday night at 11 with a password reset and you want to give them that support, using AppRiver uh, makes it a lot easier on yourself. And uh, as long as you tell your clients how to contact them and get everything set up, it works great. So again, you could talk to uh, my rep, Steve Harris, sharris at appriver.com. And if you have any questions or want me to talk about anything in particular, now that the shows have been kind of back on track, I'll start talking topics next time. These two last shows, I just had to get back into the grind. <laughs> but you can email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz. And if you like the, the show, go ahead and share it from my website via social media. If you're a tech who needs migration information or you want to learn about how to add SEO for your WordPress, how to do remote support, do a little social media, you can check out my ebooks at callthatgirl.biz slash publications. And my new ebook is how to start a computer repair business, which many of you, I'm sure, already have computer repair businesses, but um, I will be adding that as a bonus book here soon to the publication pages. It just has some good tips on marketing and just little stuff, but most businesses that are up and running don't need it. You can also hire me to help you with Outlook support or migrations. And like I said, I give you a deal because you're a tech. So I'm going to close the show up. This has been a Podnuts production, audio supported by Mitch Hammond. Thanks again to our sponsor, App River. Be sure to check out other Podnuts podcasts, Podnuts Daily, Android Apps Addicts, Linux for the rest of us, and the Geeksters. And email me again if you want to share anything. Lisa, call that girl.biz. Thank you, folks. See you next time.